Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to episode 33. It's on. Hi. Hi, Zach. I love that. Thanks. Um, Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you found a place to go to church on the weekend. And uh, if you didn't... um, you can go back to last week's podcast and listen why you need to go to church. Yep. Or me. I also need to go to church. It's not like I'm pointing at you, but anyways. okay, we'll get on with this. So we were wondering like, where do we go to church? Where's a good place for where? you and me to go to church? Mm. Uh, you've found a church in Citizens that you're enjoying. Uh, but some of the people that we're chatting with over the summer and the staff that were here and people that we know that are friends that aren't going to church right now. They'd be like, hey, where should I go to church? What would you tell them? Um, yeah. No, that's I not, would, like, oh, that's not what would, you can tell them. I, yeah. I would tell them to come to my church um, or go to <laughs> another one. But yeah, it's tough. Uh, what do you mean? How, like, how do you know where to tell them where? There's some weird churches out there. There's some like, weird I, churches out there. This is going to be an interesting topic okay okay so, so what's a weird church let's just like, get our things right off the bat here maybe right. we need to do some clarificationing clarifications maybe we need to make some clarifications clarifying do some clarifying i think what we need to do is some clarifying so if we break it down most people are very confused about all the different types of churches like what about catholic people are like is catholic christian that's a whole other topic but yes anyway we'll touch on it uh Simple catholic yeah. there's anglican there's is anglican christian lutheran there's uh, getting lost in the Sorry. there's all these different denominations presbyterian yep. um united yeah uh that's kind of like and the other ones I just mentioned, but Methodist, Methodist, there's a whole bunch of different, um, Baptist, there's a bunch Baptist. of different church titles. A there's lot a of churches of... you can find will have those words in their name. And then there's a lots that you will find that won't have those in their name, i.e. Creekside, Woodside, or maybe there's sides, um, Lincoln Road, <laughs> well, Lincoln Citizens, Road's a Element, or whatever that other hip one is. What's that other, um... What's that young person? Revelation? Evo- Ev- no. Revo- elevation. Revelation. Revelation. Elevation. Revolution. revolution. No. I don't know. There's it's probably, it's probably one name that. Rock and roll church? What's that one that was I, like for young people? Slate. Slate. I don't know. There's all kinds of different ones out there. Those are ones we would call non-denominational. Typically, okay. if they don't have a denomination in their name, I think. Um, so what I am confused about, and I'll just admit that because I'm sure others are, what is the difference between all those churches? Is there a difference? If there is, what is it? And is it, does it matter, the difference between them? I think there's many different <laughs> answers to these questions, and so we should probably answer some of them if yeah, we and can. And you're seeing even in like the Anglican, but especially in the Catholic Church, you're getting this uh, Pentecostal movement in the Catholic Church or yeah. charismatic Catholic churches, and you're getting like... Speaking in tongues and healing services happening in Catholic churches right now across Canada. Right. Uh, they have started their own Alpha program. Some of them are running Alpha, and some of them have started a, a new program um, that they designed within the Catholic Church that is like 
just like Alpha. And you're okay. seeing this massive revival, awakening of people coming to just come and find out about what are the basics of this faith and who is Jesus? Yeah. And okay. why do I read the Bible? So rewinding a bit here. Okay. So and I know this this is like could be an entire like podcast show on its own um of church history. Without doing Ooh. that, how do we like skip the first couple thousand years? And get to today. And just get to like more recent history. Maybe we can rewind like a thousand years or something. Okay. So we had like so really quick church really history. Quick, like Catholic, Protestant. So we had Jesus and Jesus main. left. Okay, and then there sure. were some disciples yeah. behind yeah. and they had tongues of fire on them. And they went out on the day of Pentecost yeah. and spoke in tongues. And suddenly the church went from 70 or yeah. 500, depending on which number you're reading, um, uh, to like 3000 people added to the church in Jerusalem. Okay. A big jump. Right. And so all these people were from all over the place. And then they went back home, right? Yeah. So Ethiopia, or like Philip's talking to the Ethiopian. And then you have people going from, you know, to Syria and Rome and Phoenicia and Philippi right. from Jerusalem. These were uh, Jewish, uh, Greek Jews that came to celebrate Pentecost and Passover and then went home. Yep. And so they, they learned about Jesus and they started churches in their places. And uh, you had... These early church fathers is what you often hear of, right? Mm. Some of these guys and the desert fathers. So a lot of them were in Syria or in Africa and they were writing and they were church leaders. And then you have fast forward a couple hundred years and Constantine becomes emperor okay. and he makes this church and he becomes a Christian and he gets them all together. And he says, figure out your crap. Okay. Get it together. Be all the same, basically. Be all the same. Okay. Like you got people here and people there, and we're all over Rome. Yeah. And the Roman Empire is huge, right? And it okay. stretches into Africa and yeah. So then into they, Asia. He and says, "Start this. This is going to be called." This. This is where you. you the head of your church is going to be here in Rome. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. And you're going to have to figure out. Get one Bible. Don't. Okay. Some of you are using these sixty books, and some are using your seventy books, and some of you only use fifty books. Some of you have the Gospel of Thomas, and some of you don't. Right. Okay. Get it figured out. So they got together and did this. They got together and they did that. And they're like, these books are the ones we all agree on. And that created and that's our the Bible. Bible. That's our Bible. Right? So that's the, kind of where we got Our Bible that. or the Catholic Bible? That's our Bible. Okay. And even they would say some of these books are a little bit on the side. And okay. so they're like, okay, let's let's add them in. They're they're an add-on. They're And that's the Apocrypha. That's the add-on. Okay. Yep. That you'll see in the Catholic Bible. And you're actually seeing more like, um, what, what Bible do you use? NRSV, NESV? ESV. ESV. Yeah. So you can find now an ESV with the Apocrypha. Um, so you can buy a Protestant Bible with the Apocrypha. It. Yeah, so you can actually read it and yeah. have the scholarship cool. of it. It's Still secondary. Yeah. Right. It's secondary. It's going to add to your understanding of the Bible. It's like between actual scripture and commentary. Yeah. And it's only come <laughs> out of our Bibles, our, our quote unquote, yeah. our Bibles in the last like hundred years, 200 years. Right. Like it's really recent. Okay. Back to, Back so to denominations. Bible gets made. Then Bible what? gets made. Fast one forward. church. Everybody's in one church. Yep. And then you hit the Reformation, Martin Luther. Yep. When is that? 1500s, 1700s. Yeah. And he posts his. 99 decrees on the church door and says, these are the things the church needs to fix. Okay. And they're like, you're a heretic for questioning us even as a church. Okay. 
He's like, I'm not. I'm just reading the Bible. And God says to me, this is what I read. Yeah. So then you start the Lutheran church in Germany right. that starts to like, he prints the Bible in German okay, instead of in Latin. Yeah. So they can actually read it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you got guys like Calvin and who's chased out of France, ends up in Switzerland. He's like, yeah, I'm reading the Bible too. And there's stuff here that I don't agree with that the church is doing. And I think we need to reform it. Right. So the pro they were protesting. So the, the Protestants, Protestants are okay. protesting what they saw as problems in the church. So this was the split then. This of... is the sp split Protestant Protestant. Yeah. And Catholic. Catholic. So and this Catholic was the first... just means universal. Like it's still in the right. creed. It just means one church, the, the Catholic right. church, the universal church. So <clears throat> up until this point, this up until the, this point, roughly there was... the 1500s, 1700s, somewhere in there. Right. So this is the so, major split in the Catholic church. Not that long ago. Right. And about a thousand years before that, you had the Orthodox church oh. and the Catholic church. So there was right. like a Pope in Rome and a Pope in Constantinople. What happened to Orthodox? So basically what happened is when the the Eastern side of the church decided they didn't want to follow the Catholic Pope, the Roman Pope. Okay. So they set up a Pope in Constantinople yep. and they said they were Orthodox, which just means truth. Right. Is that also they called the, Eastern Orthodox? So it is now. Oh, okay. We call that Eastern Orthodox because there's Russian Orthodox and Greek Orthodox. Okay. And, so this still exists. Yeah. And how are they different from Catholic? Anything... Oh, uh, I'll get to that later. Keep going. So, smells and bells. So in the mid, have you ever heard that term smells and bells? In the mid thousands, there's I don't they're know. more sensory. They're oh, more about the experience. We'll come back to that. Okay. In the mid thousands, whichever okay. century that is, I don't know how to. Right. Sure. <laughs> uh, the my my dates may be off. Yeah, we're scared. We'll say circa. This is sure. <laughs> we got split between. What was? So we had Catholic and Orthodox. Now we have Catholic and Protestant. And so Orthodox Protestants... is still functioning, but behind like the, the Mormon Yeah, yeah. Walls. So that's still sitting in the background somewhere. Maybe some of them are in Russia. So now Catholics moving forward. Oh, now they've split to Catholic Protestant. Okay. So now fast forward more years. What's happened? All of a so sudden then, Protestant has split into right. 30 versions. Well, because once you, you open that door yeah. to say that there's more than one way to read the Bible. Yeah. Now, everybody wants to read the Bible their way. Right. Right. So, um, so first you have Protestant and then the church in England is like, well, we want our own church. So now you have an Anglican. Mm. So you have Lutherans in Germany and Anglicans in England. Okay. Uh, but the Scottish are still Catholic. Right. So they're right. kind of still fighting. And then, well, in Switzerland and maybe in France, you've got these Calvinists because mm -hmm. they're following John Calvin. So they become Calvinists. Okay. And then that church reforms yeah. again. So now you've got the reformed church. Right. And then, so the Christian reformed church. So in, in yeah. here by camp, we have the reformed church, but we also have the Christian reformed church. Yeah. So right. they're all Dutch. Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> so they, they kind of come out of Switzerland and end up in the Netherlands. So most of them are Swiss and Dutch okay. and they're reformed. Yep. Uh, so then you had the Anabaptist movement. Right. They didn't want to baptize their babies. They want to be baptized when they believed themselves in their heart as adults. So they were Anabaptist. And so they were pursued. So then in the Anabaptist, okay, you have so, Baptist and Mennonite and Methodist. Right. So what you're saying is that 
as we've gotten down this trail of different splits, a lot of them come solely or mainly from the idea of like, oh, we want to believe something a little bit different about X, some issue that's not really an issue or vital to like, doesn't really matter when you get baptized, if it's a baby or not. Well, some of us would say that. I guess maybe the churches at the time wouldn't have said that. But there's a, there's a what we would call a minor belief difference, right. and then they decide to make a whole denomination based on that. Right. That's okay. what happens. So basically, so you say for the most part, all these ones we've named, yeah, they are minor belief differences and nothing major. Right. Okay. So now what we're starting to argue about is yeah. the details on the edge, but we actually hold a lot in common in the middle. Right. And so all of these other, the, all these denominations we're naming too, are they all, um, I guess, accountable or controlled by or like overseen by a, a larger group like worldwide or how does that work? Yes and like no. Anglican Church of Canada, and they would kind of oversee all the Anglican churches in Canada. Right. Okay. And then they would answer to a worldwide body, maybe, of Anglican churches. Sure. Okay. Uh, so there would be the Anglican Church in the U.S. and the Anglican Church in Canada and the Anglican Church in England. Right. I'm not Anglican. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm then they would have example, one yeah. universal body that would make decisions. Okay. Same with Catholic. So same with Lutheran. Yeah. So okay. some have heard in the past year. Um, the Anglican church or one of the churches decided that they wanted to be more, maybe it was Presbyterian church in the UK was the head body. They wanted to be more progressive. And so they were going to implement uh, a universal church decree that was going to change the way they operated their churches. Mm. And the church in Africa said, heck no. Right. You want to do this just because it fits with your Western mindset but when we read the Bible, we say, no way. Right. This doesn't line up with what Jesus is teaching. So sometimes what happens is the head, because it's so Western oriented or it's located in Canada or the sure. U.S. or Wherever. Australia, yep. tries to make a universal decision. And then the churches themselves rise up and say, no, you're just responding to your and culture. to those ones not, split off and make their own sub They haven't yet, okay. but sometimes that happens, right? <clears throat> sure. So that's why there's so many different Baptist denominations or Mennonite um, sect, sects. <laughs> they're not cults, but they're sections mm. of Mennonites, yeah. right? There's conservative, and then there's Canadian, and there's Western Conference, and Mid-Conference, and okay, Southern so then... Conference, and... Coming back to some of these differences sure. in a minute, but where does non-denominational fall into this, which is, a, I'm sure, what most people um, find themselves, if you're going to a Woodside or Lincoln Road or Wallenstein, Wallenstein's a Bible chapel, but still non-denominational, right? And sure. Or even a lot of like formerly Baptist churches that say, we don't want to be considered Baptist yes, anymore. Right. Or we just want to be a community church. Yeah. Or we've come out of... An alliance of a Lutheran church and a Bible chapel and um, an associated gospel church, and they want to plant a church together in a neighborhood. So they come together and they create um, New Hope Community Church. Right. Or um, so correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> but the main difference with these churches is that they are not part of a larger body. They highest um, accountability or, or oversee in their church is just their elder group. Right. That's in their church. So however yep. many people that may be. Um, <clears throat> and then their doctrine or the things that they believe are maybe a 
mix of all the different denominations and they just kind of <clears throat> pick and choose which ones they want. Right. Uh, or which things they want from each one. So they may line up with some Lutheran beliefs and some Presbyterian beliefs and like it, it could be all over the map as far as, and that's just each church right. is a And so own that thing. is what I think we would tend to classify as a movement, right? Okay. Because they've, they've come together with an ideal and they want to see it happen. And so yeah. it's, it becomes a movement. It becomes, goes from an idea to people actually moving behind it. Sure. And then what happens is that movement becomes part of a convention. Yeah. Right. Or an association. Let's call it an association. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a church planting association, a bunch of people plant a bunch of churches. They're all independent. So they come together as an association. Um, so that could be. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them out there, but one that people have heard of maybe was the Acts. What was the Acts, Acts 20, twenty nine? Acts yeah. twenty nine movement. Yeah. Of about fifteen years ago, there's a whole bunch of churches planted all across right. Canada and the United States, and they all had a similar ideal. So they were they were they went from being an idea to a movement to an association. So this Acts twenty nine association. Pretty much denomination, but not quite as strict on some of the details. Right. They don't have an oversensing. Right. They don't know they're not electing a board that oversees okay. the whole denomination. They don't have a hierarchy structure. They don't like if you more put of like it, a support community. It's more of a, a support community. Okay. So it's more of an association. Right. So it's like um, the camp is part of CCI, Christian mm. Camping International, which is an association of Christian camps in Canada. Yes. Who relate with other camps across the world. But we don't have... They don't have any control over what we do here, no. but we use them as a resource. Right. And so we would, if they were to implement some kind of policy that all their camps had to have, then we would, we would have to adopt that policy. Right. Because right. we're part of that association. But or we they could don't leave typically that. do that. Right. We could leave that and become independent again. Right. So that's kind of what's... That's how that works. Um. The Ontario Camping Association says, if you want to be a member with us, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And they yeah. have a checklist of things they want to do. And then, okay, you're accredited with us as an association. That means you fall under our insurance, but you also have to follow our policies. And then a denomination is when you get enough churches together that all agree on central tenets of faith, then that becomes a denomination. The Pentecostal churches maybe maybe 150 years old. Okay. Like it's like 1920s, right? Maybe a yeah. hundred years old. Sure. Someone has this Pentecostal movement. They start speaking in tongues. And so it grows and it grows and it moves across. And suddenly you have other Pentecostal churches that are charismatic and speaking in tongues. Right. And, and they don't call themselves churches. They're assemblies, right? EPA, or oh, yeah, Pentecostal assembly. Because <laughs> they just assemble together <clears throat> to be moved by God. Yeah, okay. And so in the 50s and 60s and 70s, if you wanted to be a Pentecostal, you had to speak in tongues. And then right. you hit the That's 80s intense. and 90s and people are like, well, I, I've grown up in this church, but I've never spoken in tongues. Am I still mm. Pentecostal? Right. So then as a church denomination, like because they went from being a movement to an association to now a denomination, the PAOC, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. A lot of history. I'm sorry. It's kind of how a denomination happens. Yeah. Okay. Keep and on. then, because we were like, how come there's so many denominations? And there's this is a why. Lot. Yeah. And so then this, when an issue like that comes up, they can say as a denomination, okay, this is, you don't need to speak in tongues to be 
born again, to be a believer right. in Jesus, okay. and, or even to be a member in our churches, because we're not going to force an experience on somebody that they could fake or that's not may sure. not be genuine. We can't know their heart, but these are the tenets that we believe that these charismatic gifts exist and that God uses them and that they are present. And that's part of their tenets of a denomination. So would you say that like is non, like what's the most common? Like, uh, I mean, depends where you are, I suppose in the world for sure around here. I mean, I've definitely grown up mostly only knowing non-denominational. Um, yeah, a lot of non-denominational and a lot of Catholics still. With like really, some really, Catholic and, and Lutheran and, and Kitchener. I grew up in maybe, Kitchener. There's okay. a lot of German speaking okay. people. So really strong Lutheran. Sure. Like Laurier Seminary used to be Lutheran Seminary, but now it's Wilfrid Laurier Seminary. Yeah. I guess, yeah, growing up in Elmira, I would be non-denominational be the most popular with Pentecostal and Catholic in there for a second. Um, but that I didn't really know much outside of that. And I hear these words. But there's Mennonite. There's so many yeah, different Mennonite. Well, that's true. But I guess a little different, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, see, even in the Mennonites, there's so many different divisions within that. Well, okay. So and then I guess I would say I, I grew up thinking that a lot of these things like Anglican and Lutheran and a lot of these words, I didn't really know what they meant that they have this like image attached to them, which are these really old buildings and old churches with small congregations and mostly old people that are like stuck and not moving forward and are not fun and are not, don't have programs and they, I don't know, do only do hymns. And I don't know why I have this image because I don't think that's true. Um, maybe it's true to some, like in some areas or in some extent or in some churches, but as a whole, I don't think it's true, right? Like someone can part of the Lutheran church and have a very similar church experience to the one that I have. Yeah. So I think what it is, is that as we go, and especially when we're talking with a lot of young people over the summer and, uh, and ourselves, right. In our own experience of church, we get frustrated with our church yeah. because it becomes so oriented on what we do. This is what we do in our church. Sure. That we become ritualistic and traditional. Mm. And we're like, our traditions have killed the spirit of God to move. Yeah. And so what happens is I leave my church as a young person because I want God to move in a new, in a new way, in a fresh way. And that's what happened in a lot of these communities where it was like, uh, you had these old order Mennonites, right? Really established Mennonites. And they're like, we need something fresh and new. And we become caught in our tradition want to just get back to the Bible. Yeah. And out of that comes the brethren movement, right? The, the gospel temples and, uh, a, the associate gospel, movement, AGM churches. And, um, they're coming out of that tradition or out of the United church, which was a movement. The United church was two churches uniting the Methodist and the Anglican or the Methodist and the Presbyterian saying, oh. let's come together and we would unite to become more relevant to our community. <laughs> but because of that movement of the United Church to become relevant, that over time they've removed things that would be a stumbling block to people in the community. Right. And sometimes that means removing the gospel itself yeah. from the message so that it doesn't become a stumbling block to people coming to church. 
But then all they've become is social clubs. Yeah. They've removed the church element of the United Church from their conversation. Right. So, <clears throat> okay. Trying to bring this back. Sure. Let's bring it back. So where do we go to church, right? Of, oh my goodness. So um, sorry, guys. <clears throat> so how do we know where to go? How do you know where to go to church? Yeah. How do we decide? How, where, like, does it matter? Do any of these titles and names and well, meanings make a difference? If you're one of the people that are going to church, you're, you're part of a remnant that's actually left in the church, right? Because we've seen with COVID, so many people have stopped going to church. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to church, good for you. If you're committed to church and you're committed to Jesus, good for you. You need to go to church and be a, a refined remnant that God is going to use to bring life yep. in that church. Find a place where you can plug in and be passionate and use your gifts and his abilities that he's given you for his kingdom. Where does that happen? Well, for you and me, it's going to happen probably in that community church context. Right. Because for me, I'm non-traditional. I can't sit in a pew or listen to the liturgy. It doesn't move me to Jesus. I don't have that experience. Uh, some of our friends, like like Andrew and Malcolm, they, they really are moved by that traditional experience, by the, the liturgy, the standing and the sitting and the, that there's, there's stuff that's built into this that causes your body to respond to God and allows a room for the, the, the Holy Spirit to speak to them because of we're doing this in union and it's, it's about community, but it's about a community that's in union and unison before God. So maybe you respond in a traditional place. Sure. Uh, maybe you need the traditions of, of your upbringing. So that could be, um, it could be so less about Anglican and Catholic or that high church where it's very traditional with robes and, and stuff. Maybe it's the Orthodox church where it's about uh, senses. It's about music and it's about sense. Um, so they would have incense and they would have, certain traditions that happen and it's about um, icons, like things that are beautiful that draw you into attention to God. So maybe the artistic, the sensory person is more connected there. Um, okay. Another good place for church could be a place where you're seeing your traditions. So that, that Mennonite or that Baptist tradition, you come in, you sing hymns, you, you do it in this order, you pray for the people and the congregation and it's, it's, it's intimate that way. You get that homily at the end, and then off you go. Here's where I'm at. Sure. <clears throat> I feel like church um, should be... I feel like ideally, you go to a church that is um, part of the com a community that you want to be part of. Or how do I word this? Before I was saying, or last week I was saying, um, pick a church and commit. You need to actually like be part of the church, not just like show up and consume, but like commit to the church. So um, you need to find a church that you will be willing to commit to. That's like step one. Right. Um, and then I guess ideally in my head, like you're not leaving your like community at least too far to do that, whether that's like physically directly around you or like the community that you are like part of a lot of the time. If that makes sense. So, like, Maybe that's where, if you're a student, it's like you go to school and the people you're with most of the time 
it's in that community. Do you know what I mean? They're like, you want to typically be in church that's like, if you're in, your community is in Elmira, typically don't want to drive to Guelph for church and just go to, and the only thing you do in Guelph is church. Doesn't really make sense, right? Um, you kind of want it to be where you're at. And that doesn't mean that you have to live there. It doesn't have to be the closest one to your house because your community can be somewhere else. But typically you would want it to be in your like. Well, yeah, one of the community. things you mentioned last week was that you were missional, right? That's right. a really important part of your church is that yeah. they're missional. They're on point trying to reach their neighbors yeah. that where they live. And yeah. you live there and it's in Elmira. Yeah. So this makes sense for you to be at church in sure. Elmira. For me, I go to Woodside. We were at Lincoln Road because we lived in Waterloo most yeah. of our lives. Right. And so now we're at Woodside because my girls go to church, school yeah. in Elmira. My wife works in Elmira. We have friends and family in Elmira. Or not yeah. family, but friends in Elmira. Well, and that's, I guess, what I'm saying is you don't, it's not like imperative that you guys go to Drayton, the closest town to go to church, because you wouldn't do it. You don't do anything in Drayton. It just happens to be the closest town to where you live. Correct. That wouldn't make sense to be part of that necessarily in my opinion right be part of that community where you already have community in Elmira so you know invest in that community commit to that community um, and then I guess lastly I think which is very important maybe should be number one is that um I don't think there's a lot of these little details that probably don't matter between Catholic and Anglican and all these different things but your specific church that you pick there might be things that matter and so I guess making sure that the beliefs that your church holds, that they match up and line up with the Bible and what you believe in the Bible. So there are churches out there, unfortunately, that would hold beliefs that we would say are incorrect or not biblical. Right. And there's um, a lot of that happening, actually. Yeah. It's where getting, you're going it's to church on common. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. You're going to church on Sunday and you're getting a book report. You're not actually getting a sermon that comes from the Bible. It's right. not them taking the Bible and, and exegeting a passage they're taking a a book report and then supporting it with the bible passage here and there yeah and well that's not what the bible the bible isn't like support the beliefs of terry yeah it's not the church of terry that you're coming to yeah and terry's like oh this is what i'm reading this week and it's really good and here's some bible verses that support what the, i think mm -hmm. and you have to be really cautious that you're not just going to a church because your friends and family are there or because it makes you feel good but that it's actually going to teach you and move you as a yeah. disciple of Jesus. You follow Jesus. Am I learning Jesus? Is Jesus in this church? Mm -hmm. And that's a really important thing. There's a lot of churches that have removed Jesus from the conversation. They're like, maybe he's historically not, uh, he's a person, but he's not the son of God. Right. Well, then you, you're running up against a key tenet of what it means to be a Christian to follow Christ. Yeah. So where did they get that? And how is that happening? And how does that subverted this? It's just a good social club. Then join the Kinsmen or the Lions or yeah. the Knights of Columbus because they're good people. Like the optimists are doing good things. Join yeah. them if you want to do good things in the community. But if you want to be part of a church that's about Jesus and about sharing Jesus with the people around you and pointing them to him and making Jesus followers, then you need to be a part of a church that's doing that. Nikki Gumbel's Anglican, right? Holy Trinity Brompton has revolutionary, like to me, I would call it contemporary worship in an Anglican setting, 
right? They use the prayer, the book of prayer, and they're using their liturgy and they're using these things, but they also started Alpha to share Jesus with right. the people in their neighborhood, right? You get, So, sorry to I'm, interrupt, but no. like, let's, can we maybe just to give people a bit of a helper here, just go through a few of these big ones, big denomination types, and give me one or two points that you would highlight as of like, if you are interested in or your passion is, or you have like a, uh, a pull towards X thing, you might want to check out this church or just like, what is like a big difference with it? So. Sure. Like, sure. We can try that. Like if we go Catholic. Some of these I'm not going to know. Yeah. Um, like Catholic, I would say, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but Catholic's a little more like traditional. Um, Catholic and Anglican tend to be that yeah. high church Presbyterian. So their services are a lot more like um, structured and. Uh, They're going to be really formal. Rooted in tradition. Yeah, and traditional. <clears throat> yeah. So if you like that, that's something to consider. Yeah. And then right <laughs> below that, it's probably going to be United and Reformed. Okay. Right. The Christian Reformed. Where they may, they may, some of them will still wear a robe. Yeah. Um, some of them will wear like, or a sash sure. when they get up to preach. There's a really formal service. It's set out. It's always the yeah. same. Okay. Uh, so that's more high church, traditionally sure. called high church. Um, the Methodist churches, some of the free Methodist churches in, that you'll see uh, will be along that same line. But they are, again, um, Pushing that boundary. What does it mean to be, can I hold these tenants and be more of a community church style? So you're starting to see Presbyterian and Methodist. Um, As you, depending on your view or your passion for uh, women in the church, you may need to select, try out a, like a different type of church. So right? a Catholic I don't know church where... isn't going to have a female preacher. No. And, and, right? And I mean, if you look at non-denominational, you're going to be a, a mix here. Like... Across the board, that's going to be at the you're going to look at each individual church and what they say. Yeah. So some of the Mennonite churches are like nope, men only, and, o- and others some are, are like <laughs> the other way. Like we we have female pastors, and some of them have same sex attracted pastors. Yeah. And it's a very um, mixed it's bag. really mixed bag. Okay. And you're going to so have that, and that's and they're that still Mennonite. In some of the other things we were saying about making sure biblical teaching is thorough. <laughs> yeah, and where they're and where they're aligning on that, and then you're gonna have, um, but this but a church like the CRC, the Christian Reformed Church of Canada, yeah. um, so there's one in Drayton. There's a really excellent one just inside Waterloo on the edge of uh, Lakeshore Village there mm-hmm. that we went to church church in the woods, right? So they had a female pastor. Um, the one in Drayton has a male pastor, sure. but you're still going to have that tradition and that reform tradition yep. teaching into you and it's Calvinist and it's, it's pretty solid if you're into that reform tradition yep. and you like that structure, but you want a, a male or a female pastor, there's both allowed, but it depends on the, on, then it's going to be a congregational preference. And you could talk about this differences for hours. Oh, it's eh? terrible. I think, yeah. again, I, whenever I talk about this, I come back to this idea of like, there's church, you're obviously going to be getting something out of church, and you should, and there's stuff, it's about what you can take in in some aspects. But I think a big part that we often miss is church is also about what you're putting in, because to be part of a church, and this is what we're saying about the committing, is that you're going to be part of the body of the church. And that means you you are a functioning member of the body. You are a functioning piece of the body or a, an aspect of the body. And so that means you need to actually do something. 
that means you need to put in something. It's not just about what you're taking out, but it's also about what you're putting in. And so at the end of the day, this could be confusing and you could talk about these forever, but you need to pick a church that you're going to be willing to put something in. You're going to be willing to commit and to go to that church and to say, I'm going to be part of this. And in a sense, I'm going to be part of this that I'm willing to, to, to serve and I'm going to serve at this church. And so right that's so, probably the biggest thing to figure out first yeah so maybe you're listening to this and you're a student in waterloo and you're like i need a place where there's other students yeah because i'm not right. here well waterloo mennonite brethren wmb yeah creekside lincoln road chapel yeah. waterloo pentecostal assembly all have fantastic student ministries yeah where you can connect with other students uh connect with them through power to change on campus or inner varsity, but you can also then connect with them at church on Sunday. Yeah. And, and they're set up so that you can get involved and use your passions as a student, knowing that you're only going to be there for two to six years while yeah. you study. But there, there, those communities are really welcoming to that. Um, elevation is another yeah, church that's I, on the edge of Waterloo where I, I know there's you can some try to list them all. We'll miss some anyways, students, but, but it's a different tradition, more of a Baptist tradition rather than a Pentecostal or a Mennonite brethren, or I would say Creekside is, was originally Baptist. I think they're more non-denominational now. Yeah. Um, more aligned with vision <clears throat> ministries, right. Association yes. of churches. <laughs> But again, it's very confusing. But even then, you're going to have Lincoln Road Chapel that's egalitarian and Wallenstein Chapel, which is very complementarian. Yes, they're very And Woodside, not the same. who doesn't want to talk about the conversation? They're just in the middle <laughs> between the two. <laughs> well, which is complementarian, but <laughs> not. But not, but, but is. You know, and, and so you, you, where do you fit? Do you want a family feeling? Do you want more of a professional feeling with the people that you're associating with? Yeah. And and overall, are we still looking at the same Jesus? Yes. Well, but, that's a big But key. maybe the demographic makes me more comfortable. Yeah, I think like a big part of this is figuring out uh, it's the balance between what do I need from a church and where uh, and is that somewhere that I can serve? You gotta, yeah, because both it, those things need to be need to be there, right? It needs to be yeah. somewhere that you can get what you need but also where you're going to put back in. If one of those two things isn't true, then it's probably not the right spot for you. Yeah, and it, it's tough. Like we don't want a church shop, right? We should pick a community and yeah, and, invest and uh, there in is it a and, and a, there is a level to this discussion of like at some point you just have to get over your own annoyances and get over your own. You got to get self. over yourself. Yeah, like it's not. I mean, there's no perfect answer. It's not like oh well, I don't think I could quite you know commit here or quite serve here because of this. Well, at some point you just have to do it. It's not about like all the little details in it, that's a perfect situation. At some point you just have to do it, but yeah. And, and being intentional about being in your community is really important. Being intentional, um, to, to invest and have, find a place that's focused on both outreach and teaching that's focused on fellowship as well as the community around you is really like, those are the, the tensions that I think every church holds mm-hmm. and they're going to do it differently. And some will focus more on outreach and less on teaching. And some will focus more on teaching and less on outreach and find a place that aligns. And if yeah. you love this place and you love these people, then help them add that outreach element or help them add that teaching element that's important to you. Yeah, for sure. I think so So often we'll just say, oh, well, it doesn't have this and I want this. So I'm going to go f- somewhere else. Instead of saying, I want this in my church and God's gifted me and I'm passionate about it. 
God, are you asking me to really start something here or, mm. or, or, or create something or reinvigorate something that was here and has passed away? And maybe it needs to like, it's laid dormant and it needs to be reinvigorated. There's so much of that. Mm-hmm. It's not about programs. It's about passion. Yeah. Maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but that may open a whole can of worms. I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, that's the denominational. Like you say, programs aren't wrong. They yeah. come from people wanting to be passionate. But when the programs oh. become the main part of it or the bait or the root of it, then that's when things can go by. Yeah. I think one one warning I would give is don't be so caught up in that like, I just need the Bible. I don't need a group of people to do the Bible with me. Or I'm a Christian and I have my Bible and I'm good to go. Yeah, but we were created for yeah. community. We were the God calls us to be a church that is now the body of Jesus that's working out like the the work, the book of Acts is the continued work of Jesus through his people. And so we need to be the continued working of Jesus through his people. Mm-hmm. And and it's not a call for individualism. That's a real um modern contemporary yeah, like, view of ourselves you, you don't need more but it like in a sense but I, I don't know i don't think jesus ever tells us to not ever to be alone like do you know what i mean like it's not i don't see too many calls in the bible for us to just not be part of community no not at all and <laughs> so. it's really only like since world war ii and that modernism and the the postmodern and now the non-modern or non-truth that we live in wherever we are now where where we're so focused on ourselves as individuals that we've become a a bunch of islands yeah well that was a lot Mm. yeah we touched on a few things that probably were more than we we thought we were going to touch on (laughs) Uh, i hope we didn't confuse man if you're confused out there (laughs) and you have questions about one what your denomination is or where you grew up or is it okay um I'm going to tell you that God works in amazing ways. I sat down with four, one, two, three, four pastors yesterday who come from what I would call very traditional, almost high church backgrounds, um, reformed Anglican Presbyterian United. And God moved the Holy spirit, changed their lives, called them into passionate ministry and they've jumped through all their hoops that they need to, to go to their seminaries and their particular seminaries and they get all their credentials. And the, the spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is alive in these four pastors that I met with in these churches. And it's mm. like, wow, it's so amazing. Because to me, I grew up in a Bible chapel that I thought was really restrictive, but that, that was really proud of itself for being a Bible chapel. Right. right? We have the truth somehow. And we had a market on the truth and everybody that was not in a Bible chapel was, was pretty close to hell. Yeah. You know, like that was kind of, <laughs> it wasn't spoken that way, but it was like implied. Felt it felt yeah. that way. Yeah. And it was like, oh my goodness, we are so full of ourselves. We are so proud of our humility. And yet, um, and that deep seated, that was kind of ingrained in me as a child. It's like one of those, um, prejudices I have against other denominations, right? right? That I have to break, um, to say like, no, like God's Holy spirit is moving in these forms and in these places. And what's amazing is that they were islands under themselves, even as children. And Mm. now we're coming together 
as one body saying we come and we have different interpretations and understandings of how we baptize and handle our money and how we run a church service, but on a, on a Sunday morning, but it doesn't matter because mm. we serve Jesus and the Holy spirit is in each of us and we can come together to proclaim him. And when yeah. we strip away all those little things we that don't matter, it comes back to the cross. I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace through faith in Christ. And then he empowers me to go out and share my faith so that more disciples can be made to follow Jesus. And that's what it comes back to for them. And sometimes their restrictions are so much harder. And so if you're stuck in a denomination with a restrictive format, maybe that's a place where you got to say, I need a place that's got more freedom. Maybe you've had so much freedom in your life and you, you just need something that, that has some f- format on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Right. Maybe. We, we know people that have gone from the, the Bible chapel to the Catholic church. Yeah. I, yes. Right. It's because they, they need that format. They want that tradition. They love that. There's a, a history that's 2000 years old. Like they've worked through some of these issues that we're just coming across in our community churches. Cause we don't have any accountability. We don't have a hierarchy. We don't have that strength. Mm. So I guess all that to say, like find a place that fits your form and then seek Jesus in that. And is he there and is he present? And can you join him in what he's doing and what God's doing in that place? I hope that helps you find a church because like, we really think it's important that you get back to church. Hopefully and, it didn't make it harder. <laughs> I hope it doesn't make it harder. You're welcome to come to church with either of us. Yep. Right. We're happy right now where we're going to church and we see that God is moving and it has its warts and it has its, its injuries and wounds. And it also has grace and beauty and art that's there as well. That the spirit's moving in. Um, yeah. So yeah, find those things. I, yeah. I know what we've had, I've had conversations with people over the last number of years that I've been in my position here at camp and I've encouraged people to find a church and they push back and then some of them will find a church and they'll be like, man, I was missing out on this. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. But you don't know until you've got it. So start looking. That's really rich. All right. Is there anything else? What's, uh, what's happening in your cultural moment at this point? No. Anything you're frustrated with or seeing in the world that's like, oh my goodness, or Ooh. that God is just like making you aware of? Oh. I don't. <laughs> COVID's still stupid, so there's that. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. I don't know what else. What else is going on? I, I yeah, I don't know. I'm Lots, wrestling with. But what's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say that orange T-shirt day a couple of weeks ago was a really frustrating day for me. Oh. Like, I think it's really important and I, and I understand that reconciliation and I love, um, you know, I have friends that are working in native ministry and yeah. trying to bring reconciliation in a place of great hurt and wounds yeah. and trying to bring Jesus back to okay. people that have been deeply hurt by the church Yeah, because they need Jesus. But then I see this t-shirt that says every child matters. And I'm like, but do you understand what that means? Like, Every child, not just orange children, but red and white and yellow and black and and green and gray, like they all matter. Yes. And it's like, well then, and then 
Last week, there was this march about abortion in the U.S. That's give us back our rights. It's like, but you just wore a T-shirt that said every child matters. Well, and different now, countries, but yeah. I know, but I'm just saying like, oh my <laughs> goodness. And so I'm looking around culturally at this moment going, man, we are broken and messed up. We very, want to lost. save every child at the same time to have the right to remove children f- that we don't want. Yes. It's like, and which children are okay? What about the the cyclical poor white children that are stuck in that poverty and are being born on the street. And what about the it's, uh, African yeah. children and Asian children that are being abandoned because they just don't want them? Do those children matter or is it only just the children in our situation and this demand for the church to make reconciliation? And yet without the church, there were no orphanages. <laughs> At that time, because they were compassionate to take in people. And it's like... It's a complex conversation. It's so complex. It can't just be boiled down into an orange t-shirt. And yet... No. So I guess that's what's happening in our culture that I'm wrestling through. Um, I started listening to a podcast out of the US. uh, A conservative pastor, uh, teacher, uh, seminary prof... That's what he is. And his wrestling through gender and identity and uh, racism and social justice issues on his podcast. So that's been really interesting. Um, There are times when I'm frustrated with it. And there's times where I'm like, Ooh, I hadn't thought that one through. Mm. Like I hadn't. hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Like just bumping up against grace constantly that would save a person on the cross and say, thank you for following me. Um, even though you, you, your lifespan is like moments and, um, and then on, and then flip side of that is just wrestling with my own humanity and my own sinfulness and grace. And it's, it's been a really interesting journey. So I guess that's where I was at in my cultural journey. Okay. Looking at the world around us as we try and find our way. And yeah, that's, <laughs> it's it's something it's really something and i'm sure i'm not the only one on this journey so i want to encourage you if you're if you're on that journey and you want to chat about it yeah reach out there's lots there just it, what an interesting week in the news or a couple of weeks in the news right yes. the last couple of weeks three weeks four weeks like wow we're sending uh, yeah. celebrities into into outer space now because they can afford it Kind of awesome, don't you think? Kind of, kind of, kind of a waste oh, of money, I don't saw you the think? Saddest um, clip ever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait, who are you talking? Wait, who's sending who to space? Who's do, who? How are you getting celebrity? Isn't that Elon who's doing it? Yeah. Right. William Shatner is yeah, well, about to go up paying. into space. Captain Kirk is going into space. Sure, they're paying, so right? I know. So I don't know. I know waste they're paying. Money. Meh. What a business waste of is money. Business, in my opinion, it's an expensive amusement park. Go ahead. <sighs> Well, what were you going to say? I was watching this clip of <laughs> an interview with Elon, and uh, he was getting asked by, I think it was on 60 Minutes or something like that, but maybe not that intense. But the guy was like, oh, like, you've gotten a lot of flack from um, whoever it was, a couple astronauts, um, about what they're doing. And they think that it's, like, a terrible idea and it's wrong. And he kind of like starts tearing up as he's like, yeah, it's like, 
it's really too bad. Like I wish, I wish they would come down and like see what we're doing and like change their mind. And he's like, oh, did you think that like they would be in support of it? And he's like, oh, I, I hope so. I had hoped so. And then um, he's like, the guy's like, oh, did they, did they inspire you to do what you're doing? And he's like, yeah, like they are like the guys who inspired me to do this and to like do what we're doing here. And now they're like hating on it, essentially. <laughs> and it was like, it was actually really sad to like see mm. like clip of like, I don't know. And like, I, who knows? I, I'd like to know what their reasons are um, for being against the um, travel because I could see it going two different ways. Like as experienced astronauts, they may have some reasons that others aren't thinking of um, that they can like be like, no, this is why it's a bad idea. They may also be like, uh, no, we're an elite group. Um, and why should other people get to do that just because they have money? So I don't know, you know, which side of the coin are they sitting on? Because I think <laughs> that, that could change the yeah. justification of it. But anyway, it's just an interesting thing I saw. It is. It's when I've been thinking about the church coming into this conversation. Are wow. we? How the heck are you going to tie space and the church together? Please because explain. It's, it's, are we protectionist? Are we protecting what we have? Oh, you did it. Wow. Okay. Are we just elitist <laughs> and protectionist? Yeah. Or are we saying to ourselves, no, this is the way you do it. And yeah. what you're doing is wrong because right. this is how we did it. Yeah. All these, all these years. And I, I've wrestled with that conversation and I, and I can, I, I've so, I'm so sympathetic, empathetic to, to him tearing up Yeah, because it's like, I come in and I want to make change and people are like, but yeah. this is how we do it. And are you just saying that because you're protecting what you have? Like, no, we need more policies. He's just fulfilling or his, is he his just and like, others' childhood dreams in the way he right, knows how. Right. Because he's am not I coming into the physically saying, capable of being a, an yeah. astronaut. <laughs> and are we doing that? I don't want to do that at church. I don't want to do that going into the church right. conversation and saying what they're doing is wrong. Because people are being saved. The Holy Spirit is moving. Sure. I'm not trying to be protectionist. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I don't want to sit on a hill in our conversation today and say, the way they were doing it was wrong right. because that that makes me want to cry. But then at times you and I know that, that we that, couldn't that, do that. things because we were wrong and it makes me want to cry yeah. because but yeah, like at times we've seen as you, we listen to that other podcast about Mars Hill, there oh. are times when it is wrong. Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about and the someone, Mars Hill podcast. And someone has to step up and say it. So there's a balance there, right? Like how do you know? So much good happening, so much pain being caused. Yeah. And God was in it, but also Satan, clearly. I do think the whole gatekeeper conversation is an interesting one, though, and maybe it could be for another time, because I have been thinking a lot about that for a while now in my um, pursuit of church with, um, you know, is Sunday morning or is church meant for evangelism? And then furthermore... <gasps> Can we is, have this conversation? Who right, is church right for? Now. Not right now. Oh. But like, is, who is church for? Is it meant for the believer or is it meant for the non-believer and then more specifically is sunday morning meant for the believer or the non-believer oh. i have always been fairly um of the opinion that the sunday morning at the very least is should be welcoming to the non-believer i'm not sure what it's, the purpose of it's for yes, but amen and i so i've anyway i've had a lot of uh i've had some opposition to this thought especially recently and so i yeah, think we, maybe we, we should sure. talk about it but we're at close to an hour at this point. Oh I goodness. don't think we should talk about it today. But what a great conversation. But maybe another time. And Elon is that that person in a yeah, different so, if in a different 
quote unquote industry, a different passion, a different religion, right? Yeah. Really, like it's something that moves him to the point of religion where he follows. It's become his God almost. Yeah, it does fall on this point of talking about church of like, you know, is the point of church to reach the non-believer? That what we're meant to do as a body like obviously you're supposed you know, to make disciples that make disciples making disciples is is part of it for sure so we need to it's it's yes and right but, it, but is it is, is, but is should it? it be one of the main things and if it is then how are we doing that or are we and if you ask this question am i going to get the astronauts that have gone before saying you know we're really offended by this I you shouldn't know. even be asking this question because that's what seems to be happening to poor elon yeah is that he's like well i'm just trying Right. I'm just trying to do it in a different way. Yes. And I'm just trying to fill out a dream. Right. You got a guy like Captain Kirk, like well, William Shatner, who can afford to be a part of this. Yeah. Who was part of the whole space movement with Star Trek for yeah. how many decades and still continues to be in the conversation because he's a dreamer. Yeah. Well, if you're going to pretend to be in space. You might as well go and see what it's like. Tons of years acting it out and then dreaming about it. <laughs> of course, you want to go do it. I understand. I know, but man. Who am I? I, I, I don't I'm know. not in the business of judging what people do with their money at this point oh, when they're no. non-Christian billionaires. So uh, millionaires, whatever they are. Um, Just don't talk to again, me about world peace and a hunger. A whole nother conversation. When you're going to spend billions to, to build a spaceship that doesn't even get out of the well, orbit. Now we're getting into the capitalism versus socialism and that's another conversation so god bless you another day hey thanks well, everybody for sticking around uh there's some cultural conversations here that we would love to have too eh? but uh we'll see you soon and uh thanks so much and we'll catch up next week bye have a great day Thank you.